You are listening to Paths, a program by LGBT Tech. Paths works to create visibility of LGBTQ plus STEAM professionals and their experiences in order to build space for future generations of community members to pursue their passions in STEAM. My name is Kristen Kelly. This episode of Paths is brought to you by LGBT Tech. Today, we are joined by August Scott, who is a manager of physical security technology at Salesforce. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. We're really excited to have you as part of the Paths program, and we're really excited to hear more about your path into STEAM. Um, could you just please start by introducing yourself and also please include your pronouns and also your profession? My name is August Scott. Uh, pronouns are she, her. My current uh, role is manager of physical security technology at salesforce.com. So how do I identify? Um, that's something I've struggled with for many, many years, went around all around the spectrum. Um, I have always and currently identify as a trans woman. Um, I lived my life as a male forever, but I, underneath I was always a trans woman. Um, I knew it from the age of 16. Um, other key parts of my identity are even though I have transitioned, I'm still the same person. And that's something that I like to make sure I'm clear about. Um, identity isn't just about what you look like on the outside. It's who you are on the inside. And that's something that a lot of people in my community struggle with. A lot of people, when you come out to them, they struggle with it. They think you're turning into a whole different person. I'm still the exact same person I was before I transitioned. I just get to now embrace a whole another aspect of my identity that I couldn't I d- embrace before. I lived three lives for a long time. I had my personal life, I had my work life, and then I had my transgender side of my life. In my growing up community, I had my family. I had my friends who knew me as my old self. And then I had a whole different community of people who knew me as my other self. Um, Family life, very conservative, non-accepting. I never truly came out to any of them. Uh, most all of them have passed away. My mother, my father, my uncle, who was like a father to me, my grandparents, they're all gone. Never knew the true me because the one time I tried to let on to it, I got read the riot act and horrible things I don't want to repeat. Um, and then even in you know um, the friend circles, I always had two separate sets of friends. I had my uh, more normal school friends who knew me as a guy. And then I had my LGBTQ community, which was amazing. And I spent in my 20s, I spent a lot of time in that community, probably every weekend, a lot of nights, weekends, probably at least 25 to 40% of my life through my 20s, I was involved in that. Um, But it was it was hard. It was very hard, always having to be a different personality, depending on the situation. Um, And that was kind of how it was all the way until I finally decided to transition. So how much has my life changed? And my, my social life changed since I came out. First, I want to say I am, I've had a very positive experience and I want to start out by saying that not everybody does. And I want to make sure we talk about that. Some days I feel very, I I feel blessed every day. Some days I almost feel guilty because I've had a very good reception to my coming out. Um, There are those in my life who knew about that side of me, including my wife, um, who, when she married me, she knew there was that side of me. Um, um, And, but it wasn't something that I could do and just be myself, right? Um, it's something that what has changed, not a lot except for I'm much happier. Um, and that's something I want to emphasize on. When it comes to this, a lot of us put our happiness aside for the sake of what others think, what we think others want. Um, I got very lucky in this. The, the group of people in my life, the closest people who probably would have rejected me, 
all passed away. So I didn't have any, I didn't have falling out with parents or, or close family. Everybody who was friends of mine are still friends today. Everybody who was family knows about me. They're still my family and they still love me as much. And they've all given me nothing and showered me with support. And I feel guilty mentioning saying that because not everyone has that, that uh, not everyone is as blessed. They don't have that type of experience. A lot of people lose everything, um, which is one of the things that kept me from doing it for so long. Um, work life, a million times better. Not that my job sucked before. I love my job. My team loved me, but now I don't have to hide about, there was about 25% of me I was hiding. I was holding back probably 25% of my ability because I didn't want to express my, I couldn't express myself the way I wanted to because I might come across and raise eyebrows, right? I don't know how else to put it. So um, it, a lot has been gained from it. I have less anxiety. I don't have as much stress. I'm happier. I'm more productive. Um, as an example, it, since I just since September last year, I've lost over 70 pounds. It's the first time in my life I've weighed this little. I'm not going to say how much. Um, first time since I was probably in high school. Um, that all comes from just shedding the weight of not being yourself and putting on a, a show. So, yeah, everything's been a huge positive impact for me. Um, it, isn't, it hasn't been all easy, right? There's still a couple of stumbling blocks. But on the grand scale of things, I've probably in the lower, not even registering on the, on the level of bad experience, right? It's all, eh, you know, no big deal. That person's got a problem. Won't talk to them anymore. It's been like 1% of the people I've come out to. So it's been a very, very positive experience for me and very in uplifting. Um, yeah, it's a huge change. It's amazing how much you try, how much baggage you carry, not being yourself. You don't even realize it. A lot of people just don't realize it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, I think that like happiness that you're feeling and kind of that shedding that like emotional weight is really, it's really important because I think that a lot of people, you know, before coming out, you know, they, they can kind of feel that, but it's really important to, to hear people kind of say that and like talk about their experience of that. Um, if you were to explain your profession to somebody who had no idea what that means, has no idea kind of what you do, how would you describe the work that you do? Currently, I manage a global team that is responsible for the physical security technology and controls for all of our offices globally and data centers. And what that means is all of the card readers, if you've ever used a badge to get into a building, that's my team. The cameras that are monitoring the facilities, that's my team. We also manage about 400 Windows servers globally. My current role is strategic planning and management of the team. So it's really about career growth of the team, um, expanding the team globally. We're, we've got a presence in Australia, presence in Ireland now, and mostly in San Francisco, California. I'm located in Houston, Texas. Um, so we've been really, my, my biggest role is growth of the team and keeping our entire company safe. Excellent. Very cool. Do you remember at all when your interest in kind of the tech world um, started and like what was your kind of beginning part of your journey into into tech? Well, I've been fascinated with technology since I can remember. I think it started when I got an electric train set when I was probably five or six. OK, and of course, typical. My dad at the time bought me this train set, typical boy toy. Of course, I loved it. It was awesome. And I still love trains today. Um, I don't know if you can see it on the wall, but I love trains. Um, and um, 
I love technology. It was electric. It used electricity. It did something. So all through from that point on, I was very involved in electronics. Um, at the time, we, you know, back then we had Radio Shack. I mean, dating myself, you know, this awesome store. It was nearby. Sold all kinds of electronics. I got into um, hobby building electronic projects. You know, with breadboards and circuits and stuff. Um, I remember. What got me into the security industry, when I was 12, I got a book from the library that showed a diagram on how to build an alarm panel, basic little alarm system for the house. I actually built it, and then I wired the house and put an alarm system in the house. My grandma was mad at me because I ran wires through the house and all this stuff, but I did this when I was like 12. That's what got me started in the security technology industry. From there, I, when I turned 18, I got a job in the security world with actually ADT Security. Um, out doing small business installations. Um, of course, I was also fascinated with computers. I've loved computers as long as I can remember. Um, when I got my very first computer, I think in 1995, and combining computers, which is technology, along with electronics, which is technology, that's where my hot, that's hot spot was. So once I got into the security world, um, at the time in the early two, you know, um, late 90s, early 2000s, the security world was going away from analog. So a lot more technology and computers and networks involved in security. So that's what really got me involved in it. Um, that's where I'm at today. My job is not hands-on. My job is 100% brain and computers. Um, everything, even in the field of electronics, it's all computer controlled. It's all on the network. Loving computers and electronics is really what did it for me. And being able to combine the two and make a career out of it. I mean, I've been in this career since 1996. So I, yeah, it, and I love it. I wouldn't give it up for anything. And I'm curious, as a younger person, when you started to get into this field, um, did you feel that in the field there was a lot of space for LGBTQ plus individuals? Did you feel like there was maybe space for you to be um, out in any way in your workplaces? I know you kind of mentioned that that's a relatively new thing in your life, but I'm curious if you could just talk about like how that felt for you. So was my, was my career path LGBTQ space friendly? No, definitely not. Definitely not at the time. And today I still feel there's a long ways to go. Um, and not just friendly, acceptance. Um, I worked in a very male predominant, uh, in white male predominant industry, um, which is still to this day, which is kind of concerning being 2022. Um, it is still very, especially when it comes to the security companies, the security vendors, right? You, you know, the, the ADTs of the world, there's plenty of them. We don't use ADT or anybody. Um, but those companies are still, when a service tech comes to your house to work on your alarm, chances are pretty good. It's going to be a guy and it's probably going to be white. My career before working for security vendors, security integrators, um, I wouldn't have wanted to even be a cis female in that industry, let alone a transgender woman in that industry. Um, as an example, one of the companies I worked for just before coming here, um, we got a project manager who came on board, um, awesome woman. Uh, somebody found out she was a trans woman. And I had to sit in meetings with some of these men and listen to some of the things they had to say and listen to it and actually leave the room because it was affecting me as well. Of course, I didn't want to out myself, so I defended, but I deflected, I, you know, because I didn't want to become a source of their ridicule. Um, but it definitely is still there today, and it's something that definitely plagues the industry. We're seeing changes, though, with a company like Salesforce. The things that they are doing for the LGBTQ community, they're not just allies, they're activists. They're enabling us to be ourselves. When I came to work here, I was told, 
we want you to be able to feel like being yourself at work. And I was like, all right, I can be my male self at work. It wasn't until last year, and I've seen it for five years, over five years I've been here, um, how accepting they are and how niche they enable. So when I finally decided to transition, I was like, well, it's time to do this. Let's see what happens. And it has been the most magic journey ever. I honestly wouldn't be sitting here talking to you today as myself if it weren't for Salesforce, because I still would have been too afraid to live full-time as myself. You've talked about how Salesforce is doing like a really amazing pioneering job in this, um, in the fields of like equity and diversity and inclusion. Could you talk a little bit more specifically about like what that looks like and how that's felt and just kind of your experience with that? Yeah. So how are they leading the charge? Like I like to say, um, mm -hmm. Salesforce is leading the charge in this, in the sense that they are not just allies. They're not just activists. They're not just accepting of me being me. They're literally enabling it. Um, they, so my personal experiences, Salesforce, Salesforce are, it was earlier this year, it was January. And I'd already been, you know, uh, starting my social transition for a couple, for about two months. I hadn't started to medically transition yet, but that was the next step. I was like, all right, I got to do this at work. What do I do? Um, we have a system there. Um, it's an awesome uh, ticketing system. You can go in and help self-help system and you can type in words. You know, it's like a Google search engine but it'll link you to a, a ticket to talk to somebody. And I'm like, I don't even know where to start. What do I do? Well, I go in there and I start to type out the word transition mm -hmm. and immediately an article pops up. I'm like, it can't be this easy. There's no way I click on it. And it's like a whole spiel about it, it, you know, wanting to work with employees, help um, people transition, not just in it, it, uh, it in work, but in social life, also in your personal life. And you click this button, I log the ticket and I find out they've got an entire team of people. Um, their employee relations are part of our employee success, which is like our HR department. Um, and their entire job is to work with employees who want to transition and help us do it. Um, I got an advocate assigned to me. Um, she's awesome. Uh, I could reach out to her anytime. She helped me through the process. Um, they help me through the name change process at work, my pronouns, my preferred name, all of that. They don't, they don't just stop there. This is where they're leading the charge. And this is the difference between Salesforce and maybe some other company who says they're inclusive and they're accepting and, you know, their allies is theirs doesn't end at the paper, you know, in the book. It's not just written down. It's not a slogan. They literally go out of their way to help me. If I need help outside of work to tra with transition stuff, whether it be coming out to somebody or working with one of our third-party vendors to give them um, LGBTQ training so they can understand what I'm going through, they do that. So they partner with my partner. So I have business partners outside of Salesforce. I have vendors I use to do work. Mm -hmm. um, if I have an issue with one of them, all I have to do is talk with my advocate. They'll get with their management. They'll do an LGBTQ training session. In my case, they would do the transgender one-on-one training and get them on board with it. I've never worked for a company where I honestly believe that they value me more than money. And I really believe that here. Not just because I'm transgender, but I believed that before I even came out. Um, it is something that I preach to everybody. I love this company. They are blazing the trail for us and making sure that we are protected along the way. You mentioned something earlier that I think is really important. You had talked about how before you were out at work, um, you know, you felt like there was this part of yourself that you were um, hiding and or holding back. And because of that, you were holding back, um, you know, part of your abilities and part of your potential. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that and just kind of touch on um, or expand on the ways that you feel like um, as 
somebody from the LGBTQ plus community, what has your personal experience brought into the workplace? Um, and what have you being out in the workplace, what has that enabled you um, to, to bring to the workplace? Well, there's a lot there. Yeah. So what's <laughs> coming out, what is an unleashing my full potential, right? Because I was holding back 25% of myself, upwards of 25%. What does that mean? And what has it allowed me to do? Well, first of all, let's do something simple. Let's talk about not so much today because my, my kids are in a great school and, and very diverse and every, you know everybody can do what they want. But let's just talk about kids drawing a picture, right? Um, or playing with toys. For let's draw a picture. Art, art. Boys draw cars and things exploding and girls draw, you know, cute puppies and, and lots of pinks and pixies, right? Boys may not drive, draw pixies they want to, and they may be able to draw the best pixies in the world, but they choose not to because they don't want to be ridiculed or made fun of. It's the same thing in your career life. Um, when you're in a meeting with people, um, something I've been accused of over the years, which is maybe a good or bad thing, is I'm a very passionate person when it comes to especially subjects that I consider to be a subject matter expert in. Um, sometimes that passion can come across as emotional. And as a man, you don't want to be emotional at work, which is bullcrap. I'm sorry. That's just... You know, I would get emotional and it would come through as a passion and sometimes anger. Um, and now it comes across as constructive creativity because I don't have to sugarcoat it. I don't have to unsugarcoat it, I should say. I don't have to sprinkle it with some you know sawdust before I throw it out there so I don't seem feminine. Um, now I can say it how I need to. I can say it the way I want to. And I can also create things that I held back on before. I also had to struggle with my own demons at home, which were impacting me at work. So that's another thing. Can you be your self 100% at work and give 100% of your potential if you're having problems at home? No. Can you give 100% or even 80% if you're depressed? No. So all of that has alleviated and allowed me to be more creative and more vocal and more passionate about what I do and show up to work with a huge smile on my face, especially when I'm on a video call and I see myself um, for a period of time, I was not on camera for most of all of 2021. I was not on camera because I was getting so sick of seeing my old self that I was just not on camera. I would just have the camera off, right? We were very flexible in that. And I started to get to the point where maybe I was abusing it. There was probably a four month period. No one ever saw me because I wasn't happy seeing myself. Now I'm happy to get on a call. Or do I still have bad days? I think we all do. But I'm still, I make myself look good. I'm on camera. I'm engaged. So there's a lot there. I, being transgender, want to participate in being an activist and helping people. Before I was out, I was not as engaged in that as I should have been because I was always had that fear of outing myself. You know, if I participated in a um, equality group, right? And there's no reason why you have to or what, you know, plenty of cis men and women participate in those. Um, plenty of transgender people do, LGBTQ, the entire spectrum, all races, everything. But the one thing was, I anytime I participated in those before and anything related to transgender came up, I got very passionate and emotional about it because I couldn't say what I really wanted to say. So what else is it doing for me? Not only is it allowing me to be more creative at work and more productive, but it's allowing me to be a bigger activist because I'm not afraid of outing myself anymore. I get to be me. I'm just me. I'm just August. That's it. I'm not somebody with a mask on. 
Um, since I've come out, I actually joined one of our equality groups. Um, my team is called GSNS, Global Safety and Security. We have an equality group called Mission Allies. The purpose of that group is, as you would guess, to get people on board with being allies with the entire LGBTQ plus spectrum. Um, I am the first active transgender participant in that group, and I also am now part of the council. Would I have even opted to join the council before? No, because I would have had to hold myself back and I would have felt like I was attracting myself, attracting attention to myself. Since then, I speak in those groups. I've shared my story with them. I shared my LinkedIn story with them. I'm now actively participating. I've taken on a couple of initiatives this year in partnership with others to be an activist and spread the word of the entire LGBTQ spectrum across the company and get more acceptance and training. That's all stuff. I didn't even dream of participating in last year because I was afraid to. Did I think it was a worthy cause? Yes. But I feel bad for not participating. Damn straight I do. But I was too afraid of being in one of those groups and the wrong subject coming up and having to explain why I was crying about it. Even though I shouldn't be ashamed. And that's the don't out of everything people say, don't have regrets. I I agree you shouldn't have regrets, but I also think you should reflect on things. And if I had to pick one regret, it is holding back for so long and not being myself because what could I have done in the last 20 years if I had not been pretending to be somebody else? That's going to stick with me the rest of my life, but now it's nothing but the future and I get to move on and I'm going to be myself and the sky's the limit. So yeah, I wish I had started earlier. <laughs> Do you feel that there are any barriers that are posed um, for entry into these spaces for LGBTQ plus individuals? Do I think there are any barriers in STEAM for the LGBTQ individuals, especially youth, right? Now, that's, I've got, I've got a, a couple different perspectives on that one. Um, today, I think it is, it is def I can't say it's even far better. It is like the best it's ever been for us in the entire history of the world. Let's put it that way million miles still to go but compared to where it was 20 years ago or even just 10 years ago it's drastically better honestly though some people may not like this answer the two biggest blockers out there still are old way of thinking and then the individuals themselves we need to be able to make feel people feel more accepted so they're ready to come out and be themselves because that's everyone's number one blocker is your own self you know, and a lot of people don't want to hear that, but that's the truth. And there's no right or easy answer. And a lot of people are scared to come out because of good reason. I was. But in the end, it's you. It's your choice. And if you spend the rest of your life worrying about what everybody else thinks, you're going to be a 43-year-old miserable man wondering what to do with your life or miserable woman or miserable whatever, like I was, wondering, is there anything better in life? And then finally making that decision. I'm glad I did it when I did. Um, but... Stop letting other people think for you. That was the biggest hurdle I had. But learn from my journey. Learn from people like myself that it isn't the end of the world. Be yourself. Go in there. Interview for a job as yourself, whatever that self is, and own it. That's the best thing you can do right there. That is the number one blocker is not showing up to the interview because you're worried about how they're going to perceive you. I've been there. Yeah. I think that's really important advice for a lot of people to hear. Um, and I'm, I'm curious, uh, you've kind of talked about some of the, some of the work that you've seen um, companies doing in order to support LGBTQ plus workers. I'm curious if there's something that you would like to see become the industry standard for supporting and empowering LGBTQ plus workers in the workplace that maybe we still have a lot of work to do around. 
Well, first, I think all employers, I, I'm not going to say companies, I think all employers need to get on board with the idea of people are going to be who they want to be and leave them alone. Secondly, there needs to be protections built into the, the federal government needs to bake these protections. And we got lots of protections, but none of them seem to apply whenever you need them, right? They're all there. They're all, they apply to different places. There needs to be something at that level. And it doesn't mean we need to carve out a special space for anybody. It just means it needs to be a zero tolerance policy across the board for everything. You know, we've got race and religion uh, protections. Nobody tramples on those because they don't want to get sued or, or, or put in jail. It should apply to everything. If I want to show up to work looking like a dressed as a dog for the day, it shouldn't be anybody's problem as long as it doesn't violate dress code. Problem is, is too many people are hung up in societal norms. And well, that's not normal. You shouldn't do that. Well, well it's not normal to you, but it's normal to me. Um, and it doesn't matter if they're a small company or a giant company like Salesforce. They all should have played by the same rules, which is leave people alone and let them be who they want to be. Once people get on board with that, they're going to see a drastic change in the way the world operates, the way their business operates, and the way their profits operate. You know, happy employees are productive employees. <laughs> I'm happier now than I ever was before. I was very productive before. But I'm extremely happy now, which means I'm extremely productive. I am ready to do whatever the company needs me to do. Something I'd love to see companies do is have a section in their company handbook. I mean, I don't, I don't know about little tiny companies, but anybody with probably more than 50 employees has some sort of a company handbook. I think it's something companies need to be thinking about today, getting out in front of it today. We don't have any transgender employees. Well, you're going too soon, so you might want to think about writing that section of that employee handbook on how you're going to handle that person, how you're going to handle discrimination, how you're going to handle the other employees who have a problem with it. And that's something if all companies would just get on board with that, and put their old way of thinking away and plan for the future, boy, they're going to be a lot happier. Um, I'm curious if there's anything else that, that you want to add or, or mention. Yeah, there's one thing I've given a lot of thought to, mm -hmm. and um, it's something that people need to hear more. Mm -hmm. Now, all of us have heard it, and we choose to ignore it. And that is, there's no better time than the present. Just do it. I'm going to steal that from Nike. Don't wait. I waited. And I am better for it now that I transitioned. I transitioned at the age of 43. Do it. If you're thinking about it, I can tell you right now, it's not a fad. You're not going to outgrow it. You cannot outgrow yourself. You are who you are. Be yourself. Do it. Whatever you think is holding you back, you probably don't need it in your life, quite honestly. And that's something that I look back on and go, what held me back? Why didn't I come out sooner? I knew at the age of 16. At the age of 21, I was out going out fully dressed as a woman, partying, having a great time, living my life. Why didn't I do it? Because everybody else didn't want me to. And where are all those people now? I can't, most of my family have passed away. And all those other friends and things like that I thought would, would have disowned me are all still my friends today. Do it. Don't wait. You'll be happier for it. You'll be more productive. And like I said, if I had come out at the age of, say, 20, Think about where I am today, where I am today. I work for a Fortune 100 company running a global team from my office here in Texas, in Houston, Texas. I, and where would I be today and who would I be today if I had started at 20? I'm not going to regret it. I don't regret it. But you got to wonder, what if? And I don't want anyone else to have to ask that question at the age of 43.
To learn more about the PATHS program and how to get involved, visit our website at www.lgbttech.org/paths.